Hello, beautiful beings, and welcome to another episode of the Plant Lady Podcast. Today, I have the honor of welcoming on Gina Renzi, who is not only an incredibly talented artist, but is just a multifaceted divine goddess. Today, we dive into all the things, including art therapy, intuitive creating, and really just creating for creation's sake. Today's conversation was such an authentic and juicy one, and I am so excited to dive into this episode with you all. Enjoy. I'm so honored to have you here and to have you on this podcast and for even just mentioning it and bringing it up. I'm so freaking excited to just dive into this space and kind of this free flow. I love the way that we connected on Instagram through my podcast page, through the Instagram portal. And it's just so beautiful the way that we've been able to connect. And I would love for you to just share a little bit of background of who you are for our listeners who may not follow you and know how artsy and amazingly talented that you are. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Bella. Um, and if I haven't, I haven't not said it already. I didn't, I don't feel I've expressed it in my in my fullest expression possible. I'm completely reciprocally honored that you are so openly receiving of doing this podcast with me and having our energy hold space and put this vision in fruition so that we can share our authentic truth with all of those that feel called to listen. So thank you for creating this space, following your passions so unapologetically, wherever you're at in your journey and always just know that I'm in full awe of you, sis, and I'm here for it. So thank you. Thank you so much. And yeah, big hugs. <laughs> I, I want to make sure I give you my big hugs. Oh, um, you're so sweet. But yes, yes. Um, so Instagram, amazing. Yes. So fortunate that we were able to meet each other in that little corner of the internet. And um, for, for those that don't follow me, welcome. I have been doing art, um, quote unquote, doing art um, since I was really little. And that's something that I've always been very, very passionate about. I feel that everyone grows up or comes into this world with a multitude of different gifts and passions. And art is just one of those things that called out to me since I've been really, really little. And throughout the past couple of years, though, um, throughout my life and my experiences and my journey with art and outside of just that intentional act of creating art, I've come finally like into, maybe not finally, but really coming into a more authentic signature of my own as it relates to my art. And that I feel is because it coincided with my awakening experience personally, which happened within the last few years of really consciously stepping outside of who my identity was and what I believed that to be and my perceptions and realities of everything. And I found that my art, I created a deeper relationship with it when I was able to step outside of that and really truly feel art as a part of myself. So that's where I'm at in this journey. And I am obtaining my QHHT uh, level one practitionership right now, as well as my Reiki one certification. And I am also trying to delve in as much as I organically can into learning the native flute. And my goal is to take the accreditship that I'm getting through art therapy and creating my own multi-dimensional healing service that I can provide utilizing 
the art therapy experience and spiritual realm of that that I'm creating within my own signature and my own, how do you say, just my own vision and paving my own way to bring in that Reiki, that energy healing, that QHHT past life regression journeying, the sound healing, bringing that all together to truly amplify and provide the world with as much healing as I can possibly provide to whoever organically feels called to share that love. Mm, Yes, sister. Thank you so much for sharing. So, so beautiful to witness you and to hold space for this. It is so cool to hear you talk about art therapy because I feel like that is just not a conversation that has had enough. And especially in our Western medicine, it is just it focuses more on like this idea of treat and street and of like all of the pharmaceuticals and like we're really just quick to like find a solution. And I feel with um, art therapy, there's so much like in this little Pandora's box that like has not been tapped into or really talked about enough. But I've seen um, cases where it has really been able to heal people in deep trauma and PTSD and so, so much more. And um, yeah, I just was wondering if you had ever like experienced like you're helping someone or assisting someone in their journey in that way. I mean, I know it's assisted me and mine, but um, yeah, I would love to just hear your experience on that. Yes, sis. And such an honor for you to receive me in your own way and the creation that I express and receiving it in your own special way. And that is the biggest gift um, of all. And I completely Um, completely uh, feel resonant with your truth and what you've expressed in regards to the stigma with art therapy or just the recent re-evolution, I like to say, because art has been around, obviously, since the creation of creation itself, which is everything. And our ability to create is like a secret language, just like our secret language of intrinsic knowing, like the way of the circle of life, the way that we are bound and interconnected with nature, but this beautiful relationship. And and I, f- I feel that immensely on a soul level, we all have this form of art and creation in our soul because we are art, we are that creation. And I have, to answer your uh, question directly, have had followers reach out to me directly, telling them how much my art has meant to them and how they can feel my soul and my truth in, their, in my art. And their perception has truly changed the way that they've been able to look at their own traumas and their own healing and been able to just again utilize these images as a catalyst it's almost like a dna activation and that's what it feels like to me when i receive these transmissions and i transmute and alchemize them within myself it's the art therapy is actually happening as i'm recreating so i'm creating as i'm creating an alchemizing relationship with the neurons in my brain to transmute and ascend this trauma into that of loving awareness and that is what I wanted to bring into my art and that is what I strive to do is to provide any being that comes across me whether it's directly or indirectly through my art or in my art field a safe space to see these images and allow it to soothe if you have anxiety depression brain fog autoimmune chronic illness I'm right there with you millions of people are And as you said, Bella, art therapy is just 
it's not talked about enough. It's re-emerging. The Aborigine peoples, indigenous cultures, natives that have been in this country, in these lands for over 20,000 to 60,000 years ago, knew about the storytelling through art, the creation of art, and literally creating society and cultures and celebration through art. And again, the intrinsic relationship of storytelling. And then thus moving forward, humanity and what it what it really means to tell the story of humanity oh mic drop (laughs) (laughs) i love you so much all of that (laughs) i love all of that so so much i love that you just touched on our ancestors and this like deep almost remembrance of our inherit creative nature that we have as wisdom and not only is like viewing art and being able to witness another person's expression therapy but also like you were saying actually being able to transmute your own emotions into a piece of art and like just really allowing yourself to um, step into that creative space of like letting go of this idea of when it comes to this world and boxing everything into like even Instagram how you know you have to box yourself into this category to get a certain demographic to follow you you're mm-hmm. not able to be a multifaceted individual where okay I because I personally like to use all different sorts of mediums as a aspiring art therapist in this three-dimensional world but I already know that my art or my signature, my expression is enough because it's a direct projection of my love and my creativity that is unique to me. And I wish that I would have known that or have been nurtured into that knowing. Perhaps when I was younger and I went to um, one of those gifted art schools when they decided that I took a test and you know, I was quote unquote gifted in visual arts. So that's already starting with the boxing theory about, you know, this is what society says is gifted. Okay. And again, I'm not hardcore on labels and things like that, but for, for flowing this conversation and knowing that everyone pretty much can understand that and has been able to understand kind of like how that happens in society, it, it really led my it led my direction of what I thought my art was meant for. It really made me feel that when I was younger and I was going to these classes once a week, I wouldn't go to like my normal public school. One day a week, I would go to this art school all day or like half the day. And I did not feel empowered with my art. I felt these were things that we want you to do. These are things that we want you to understand about art, which again, there's all knowledge to be gained there. There was no, how could I say, motivation to create freely without any judgment. And there was a heavy amount of comparison happening amongst my classmates in those gifted classes about what was truly representative and showing that representation of what the concept was. So if we had to use certain materials to create a little mini diorama of what our room looked like, if my room apparently had like this completely at that point had like a really um, grungy look and I had all kinds of posters on my wall, music posters, I had teachers that would just kind of discourage that. And they would look past that as my truth is not acceptable. And uh, not knowing now that that was them projecting that upon me, you know, as, as that lens, Mm -hmm. you know, so you grow up with that all of your life and then not to mention only outside of art just comparing 
maybe musically because I know that you use your voice as medicine which is freaking luscious and beautiful and so essential by the way <laughs> and I know that you may have mentioned you know you feel some similar things that when we were growing up and many many of our sisters and brothers and beings on this planet have gone through this in their own way shape or form in any level of multitudes in any amount of ways and as a society here we are and we are the generation that's stopping to look back on the history of humanity and how society has been dogmatically built into this culturally acceptable fear and ego driven way that can be understood as like a, a deep wounded masculine energy and the feminine is yearning the feminine is yearning to reportalize this world and to create a flowing balance so that all can be in this safe space that is the earth's womb. This is our place to grow. This is our place to prosper. And art and sound healing and all of that were gifts to, that were given to us when we were young, free. They were in our DNA to be utilized when any traumas presented themselves because Sometimes it may happen, no matter where our society is at. You may fall and you may trip, and that creates an adrenal, ex an adrenal expense in your body. There's a survivalism, and then there's a thriveism in my, in my circumstance. And I feel that humanity right now is surviving. It's fight or flight mode with the coffee, the grinding in the morning, the comparing, the social media, all of that. We've forgotten truly how beautiful it is to just be and we can say that all we want just be this you know relaxed yoga meditation but until you're truly in your own shadow and light you're standing in in the midst of all of that and not just shutting out one or the other or letting one in or the other it's really hard to see the true full spectrum of your beingness it's almost like society is shutting out parts of you therefore our inner child had to shut out parts of us. Mm. And again, a lot of that happened to many artists when they were younger. I know many of my artist friends that just don't even create anymore because society doesn't deem it appropriate or they don't feel like they're going to make money off of it. Like all of these things that capitalism and that concept of America has driven into people because they don't even feel that it's worth it. When really it's a birthright. It's a birthright mm. to create. And because people don't feel like they'll be good enough because of how society looks at what the concept of good enough even is, they don't even see it as a healing modality. They don't even understand the power in it. They don't even understand their own power to alchemize and utilize this as a conduit for healing. And the comparing really, as you, as you, as you directly noted on, is so intense in every field of this in this world. So if we're looking back just, just for notation's sake and for intentionally wanting to create that better world and create it again intentionally with loving awareness we know that looking backwards there are so many generational wounds and so if we if we take a second to stop because i know that that's where our collective is at we can understand that with our birthrights given to move to create and to just be the power and that unified knowingness is enough to transform this entire world. And art and creation is stories through our subconscious collective that can be utilized as images that create healing without words even having to be expressed because the subconscious mind does not have to think. It doesn't have to think when it's creating. 
Now, when you create intentionally, what I mean by that is that when we were younger, we were taught to create and had an expectation of, you know, like boundaries of like what we we're going to create. So today we're going to make turkeys with feathers on it, but these are the only colors that you're getting, or these are the only supplies that you get to use. Or so we were given limitations. And while that may be good and good and well for some brain activity and some stimulus and some fun, challenging ways, it kept happening. We kept getting limited with what we were able to do and that artists that use multiple mediums, like as I was growing up through high school, you, you're just not an artist. You're just a person that does art, but you're not a professional artist because you don't have a style. So you're not valid. Your, your art is not valid. Mm. And I feel like that's just extremely, to the, to the collective, that's extremely DNA altering or subconscious altering. Um, it's like psychological warfare. And it does create PTSD because you can, you can keep those behaviors and those thought patterns for a long time until you decide that, wait a second, this is actually healing, like what I'm doing. Like, this is actually working. My depression and when I'm thinking about suicidal thoughts, I'm not, that's not relevant what I'm creating. And it doesn't matter what it is. It's that it's not in my mind anymore. It's that it's coming out of my mind and I'm physically recreating it without even having to think about it when it comes to art healing. You're just literally putting it on paper so it's not sitting in your mind circling around for you to constantly have to spark or trigger anxiety about the constant negative thoughts about depression and anxiety and what those things are. And the reason I bring those things up specifically is because mental health and illness and chronic illness, but mental health illness is worldwide and it's the rates are only getting higher and it's heart-wrenching it's soul wrenching and if we could create a world where we raise our children to create for creation's sake as you said to create whatever their heart and their soul is channeling and celebrate simply just the act of creating and that teaching them that this can actually be used as a tool to manifest abundance and create your reality for the rest of your life. We can recreate the world through the art of creation itself. So I know that I may have taken that like way down Alice's um, downtown path in Wonderland. <laughs> I feel like I really needed to mad, uh, mad hatter that subject because um, I could say so much more about it, but yeah, mm -hmm. love it. Loves out here being sisters, mm -hmm. brothers and sisters mm -hmm. do not get enough credit um, for just creating to create and to heal and knowing what that, what the power of that actually is. Yes, sister. Thank you so much for all of that. I had so many like little dings, like going off, little light bulbs going off while you were talking <laughs> and, uh, yes, just so much to that. And this, the suppression of the, the child that, yeah, just like the inner imagination and creativity of a child really is like a generational wound. And, when you look at like this story of like the starving artist, it really does mm -hmm. go that deep. And 
I love what you said, like about the classroom, it like gets us into this rhythm of like having to have um, a subject or having to have like these, this box around you for when you create. And then Mm -hmm. further on in your life, when we start to maybe tap back into this, or we pick up these narratives of, oh, I'm not an artist. I can't even draw a stick figure. I can't even do this. I can't even do this. When you've never even really tried you've just been so suppressed into this one way of doing it that you've gotten bored with the idea of art because our society, our schooling has made it this way. And then I also see so many adults now that, you know, use the narrative of, well, I am really good at drawing, but I just, I never know what to draw. Like always feeling like you need a subject or you have to have inspiration or, you know, like then the story of um, the storyline of artist block came in and people started, you know, we start to adapt that narrative of being just, and although that does come in, in the human experience in some ways, you know, a block in the body, you know, going back to you saying how we can transmute it through not only art, but through dance and through song and through movement. And the practice, the meaning of yoga is literally to yoke, which is yoking the muscles and the parts of your body that when when they are blocked and stored these like deep emotions and these traumas and these stories and all this baggage that we hold on to from when we were a kid gets stored and trapped in parts of our bodies and if we don't address it if we keep suppressing it and pushing it down and never really facing that shadow it turns into disease which is dis-ease like the the word correlation there is like spot on for what it is and we have this this deep inner knowing of how to heal our body through when we let go of the idea of what it's supposed to look like for other people and focus on what feels good for my body. Maybe I can stop looking to external resources, stop looking to my parents or the doctor, my peers or whatever, what everybody else is doing for their problems and look at me and feel into my body and listen and what is my body saying how can I show up for my body in this way and then navigating the world from that lens rather than the lens of falling into maybe you know what's being what's being prescribed to you or what's being offered or what this person thinks is your and best interests like no what is in what is my body telling me that I need right now and dance has been just such pure medicine for me and my human experience over the last couple of years it has truly healed me and so has art in a way really reclaiming um, what it means to step back into that space just for creation's sake like we were saying and really let go of the just the judgments the idea of perfectionism of doing something just to make a post about it or to make money off of it or you know, if you do decide to do these careers, well, then you won't ever be successful. And all of these, you know, stories come into play when you go and reintroduce these practices back into your life after a long time of PTSD from a child of having, you know, being told you have to do something a certain way in this like strict masculine way of being. And um, yeah, dance. I mean, I had when I was in middle school, I remember, you know, like as a child, you like build up all this confidence. I was going to try out for the dance team. I was going to do it. And like, I was so committed to doing it. I've had other instances like this, but this one really hit home because I was so excited to like 
you know, you're like, I don't know, maybe 13. And like, when you go and try out for something or do something as a kid, it's like a big deal. You know, you got to like work out your confidence. And oh yeah, baby. <laughs> you got to like work yourself up. You're like, yes, I'm the best at everything. Like this inherit childhood confidence and um, just courage that we have is so in our DNA and in our blood. Cause like I had that as a kid and then all of the things that stacked on top of that is what quieted that confidence I feel. In, in mm-hmm. my experience. Yes. Um, but I ended up trying out for the dance team and I didn't make it. And uh, the woman that was in charge of making this dance team was just now looking back at it, so narcissistic and so insecure. And she felt I've, I could see that she had like this hierarchy of being able to like, have this power, you know, and that was for her and her own journey. But that kind of catapulted this story for me of not being able to um, dance or or do that thing because I had been that that door had been closed and I had been told that I wasn't good at that, you know. And then we we adapt that narrative of like, well, if you haven't been doing it since you were a kid, you know, all the girls who grew up taking dance right. and did the travel team and did all this continue to be able to do dance. And they were so bored with it. Their parents were making them do it. And they probably nearly wouldn't have put in as much time and effort as I would have put in someone who like you know, really wanted to do it versus someone who had just kind of been forced into doing it from their parents. And that goes in with like sports and all kinds of things that like mm-hmm. pressures kind of like force us, force us into. And so I was like, well, all right, I guess I'm not doing that. And I would just kind of like move on to the next thing and hop onto the next thing until very recently in my human experience, just the past couple of years, I started to reclaim this space of what it means to just dance and move and free movement like it's a whole nother thing than going to a yoga class and like doing what the teacher tells you because that in itself is kind of like back to that classroom mindset like you always kind of feel structured when you're in that class and I felt that through my training and whatnot and so really reclaiming my safe space of movement and knowing that when no one's around is when I can fully free myself in, in ways that feel so, oh, it just gives me chills thinking about it. You know, like those ways when you just like get chills down your spine and it just like speaks to your soul. You put on that song that you love and like feels good and you just literally dance like nobody's watching. And that is just pure medicine when you can truly let go of all of the stories and it feels like this fiery, like burning all of those stories that you've been told and all of the things that you've been told you can't do and been put into this box and just breaking all of the shackles and really setting yourself free. Yes, sister. Mm, I am just, oh, I'm right here getting toasty by your fire. You tend to not here with your Phoenix girl. I am feeling it. (laughs) Yes. And I'll tell you what, you're dancing your way right into your truth. So no matter what happens, you are dancing everlasting into your truth. And I resonate with stories like that so much. So thank you for sharing that rawness and and Mm -hmm. part of your human experience. And I cannot agree more. And to really kind of take it to like its root and, and kind of like where all of this is coming from because there's so many of us that are really being denied um, and not educated, like even through our family, because all these generations of young wounded children, like our parents are still children, 
I still see the inner children in every being because we all have it. And I feel like that adolescent mindset is the gift because, because kids, children are so heavily aware and so spiritually attuned to the realms outside of this three-dimensional space. And when that gets stunted, like it has for many kids, for many generations, we envelop that that toxic masculinity that we've seen in years prior to this before the feminine reemerged through Pachamama and we really are getting a surgence of light workers and healers and DNA activations at this point of where we are in kind of the quote unquote new age that we're wanting to bring in and harness in. And when we're thinking about all of the suppressing, as you said, that has happened over generations, it's really attacking the pure essence of that childlike wonder at at its root like where that wonderment goes that gets stunted so that we do not have that liberation it's almost like and not even almost it just is and my perception of how i view everything at least for myself and my lens i try to keep as much as i can consciously aware at this point in my human experience an open field. I don't have any tunnels anywhere. Nothing is closed. I know nothing. And yet everything is known to be understood while having no certainties about just anything. But I know through energy what feels right to us. And I know intrinsically the secret sacred wisdom is that for hundreds and hundreds of years, and even looking again past history, knowing what has dramatically changed? Like the amount of supremacy, the amount of dogmatic and patriarch patriarchal inferiority complexes that has happened in countries for for thousands of years now is creating a bigger a bigger mass. Like over time, like of course when we when we think about physics and um, Newton's laws and things, you think about the gravitational the law of gravitational pull. So the bigger the mass, the bigger the gravitational pull. So when you think about happy, like like genuinely happy, joyous energy, the aura and the magnetism is only growing. The energy is getting stronger. And with that being said, the truth in that is that love is is the core the core essence the core the core sauce if you will and all of this matter and to have the dark darkness come with that as well part of this experience where we're out in this world I feel is because we are all going to have a little bit of that from being dipped into this portal coming into this portal where nothing nothing is for sure when you're looking at you know, whatever you believe, whatever text, the Bible, the Torah, like whatever religious context, whatever spiritual context, the Akashic records, everything that we create exists because we are experiencing the creation that defines what that is. So words, art, all of this is just energy contained. And when we release that, as you said, when we don't have a construct, a way of like, life has to look like this. This is how I need to cope. This is how I need to depend on someone else to fix instead of like, this is how I can look inward to heal. So there's like a lack mindset. And I feel like as children, the lack mindset was pushed and the survivalist mindset was pushed, pushed, pushed. And if you want to survive, this is what we created. This matrix like simulation 
to be ran like to be successful the quote unquote idea of the American dream and looking at my parents and like they're struggling they're not thriving okay so are we surviving are we thriving as a society and then we think about okay so I used to work at Starbucks right and this was the last food service job I ever had and I literally I had done a lot of research and I do follow medical medium as far as like insight about healing chronic illness because I am healing fibromyalgia, rosacea, um, chronic fatigue syndrome, and a multi PCOS, a multitude of other things that I have manifested and have um, reached kind of a quote-unquote physical havoc, mental and spiritual and emotional as well, on my human body, my human being. And knowing that the physical attacks from feeling domesticated and not having to, not, not even having not even getting the benefit of getting the microbiomes that come from fresh fruit and the, me the meditation that comes from picking fresh fruit and harvesting your own vegetables, things that our ancestors did where they thrived as a village, creating art together, dancing together, singing together, crying, laughing, sharing, all the things that everyone collectively I can feel to some degree, no matter how much Starbucks you drink, no matter... Um, what Netflix you're binging on, no matter what streaming cast, like what car you drive, what your house looks like, no matter what, I feel that everyone is yearning to feel at peace, to feel not apart from nature. And we are taught to have a blind eye to that so that by the time that we do collectively come together and be like, yo, um, mother nature is really getting to the point where she can't hold us anymore you know she like the environment in itself the amount of plastic the processed food it's enough to make a lot of individuals feel triggered with anxiety and that again is another attack when I worked at Starbucks pumping out frappuccinos at like five in the morning to people I'm like dude this is this is not essentially addiction this is programming this is celebrities mm -hmm. getting Starbucks. This is blah, blah, blah. This is Hollywood. This is marketing. And this is indoctrination and a huge crime against humanity as far as denying us of the liberation and sovereignty to just be for the sake of capitalism and greed and dirt lust is what I call it because they, all they want is whatever they can take from the earth and not what they can give. And many, many artists, many creators, many light beings in this universe have been shunned or, you know, I wouldn't say worse, but have passed through this realm because of the threat that they make to the society that we are a part of at this point and how that that runs and how the gears are working. And our liberation cogs those gears. It, it stops them. It creates resistance. And so that resistance is something we all collectively have, like hesitating to do something that we know our heart is telling us to do. Resistance. There's so much resistance and attraction with my parents. Uh, they live their life. Um, like my mom would not let my autistic world not let, was not comfortable with my autistic son, who is completely sweet and like just Oh, no problems at all, right? For the sake of ego and reputation, she was not comfortable with him wearing uh, a onesie, like a jumper, like a zip-up jumper. That looked like a pajama thing that was just Sonic Hedgehog related because he's obsessed with it. That makes him happy. His clothes, right? Mm -hmm. But her ego tells her that this is not acceptable. 
And this is how a lot of our parents, because all of our parents were a part of it. Mm-hmm. This is, and if you were in America, and this is not, this does not feel like home. And mm-hmm. art is my home. Art and music and song are my homes. And my human beings are my home. When I'm creating, whether it's creating connections, creating art, creating movement. And again, all of those are words that are just contain energy. So there's not even one definition for those words. And I know you understand that energy, but movement with making moves into your life, movement with physically moving your body. Like if we are denied these things and we aren't educated on how healing they are, it's not our fault. You know, it's, and I'm not trying to point the finger, but simply put, generationally this has been the plan for a long time i feel like and the more powerful we are and the more vibrant and the bigger our mass gets the more that threatens the energy that does not want the light that that radiates and burns through the darkness and not burning as in not healing but the entities that are here that do not do not want to feed or consciously feed the love that they that they have in their heart or we're not meant to be brought here to create that embodiment. Whatever the case is, art and the creation of art and the power of healing that it has and what our ancestors knew was safely put into our DNA so that it could reemerge at the perfect time, which is why I feel like this is everything is unfolding so rapidly and ascending so rapidly because it's pretty much damage control at this point. Um, But, (laughs) and it even goes back to the starving artist, as you were saying, at this point in my life, and, and as you were saying, to move and just feel good in that movement in a world that's so rigid, so mm-hmm. structured, so this or that, so black, so white, so I'm this label, I'm that label, what am I going to prescribe to, as you said, you know, that's how we were taught, it's no one's fault, and it's an awareness of looking at that and being like, I'm so happy literally that the first time within the last few years, kind of like, as you said, like within the last few years, all of this is really coming to like a complete like reality shift. Um, and the same experience, I've been able to just kind of embody that feminine essence that creates and nourishes the ability to make new life begin. And I'm not talking about the delicious Yoni rebirthing portal life of a, a human child. I'm talking about rebirthing within yourself, rebirthing, connections, rebirthing uh, paradigms, rebirthing perceptions of reality, sitting in that power and just that intentional creating, not even just the art therapy part as it's, you know, prescribed and and defined in this three-dimensional space, but creating intentionally with yourself is where it starts. And people will say that's like self-love, self-care, you know, so for some people that may be going to get their medication because that's where they're at in their journey and trusting because for a long time, in this healing experience, I've wanted to be like, just save people. Because again, that's, that's another part of society, like wanting to save other people and like hopelessly be in romance and like chase people and share your dreams and like get people to like be on your side and believe you and like not being able to just witness, like not understanding that there's nothing you have to do. You can just witness. You don't have to go get coffee, eat your lunch in 20 minutes, work nine to five in front of a computer, ruin your vision within 20 years, and then go home and not have the mental, emotional, physical energy to even do much. And if you do, maybe doing stuff that isn't 
technically I can't say for your best interest because that's for everyone to experience and make that judgment on their own, but isn't necessarily putting you into a space where you're intentionally aware of what you're creating or be even being able to kind of come consciously to a point where you're asking yourself, you're, you're getting into the awareness because so many souls have been indoctrinated and have just so heavily bought into have been prescribed to not having to, I don't know, just being accepted, just being accepted when all along we were already accepted and society told us that we weren't accepted. And that creates that quote unquote starving artist mindset. I'm not accepted. I'm not going to make it. And in my life now to be able to, again, I've lived mostly out of my masculine, my whole life, like with my particular circumstance, I had parents that were physically there, but not mentally or emotionally there. And ones that said, you're too emotional. Or, you know, when I was in a very dark place and I was being heavily bullied in middle school, you know, I had a heavy sister woman because women, um, girls at that age were just so, so heavily bullying me. And of course, looking back at then now, I understand, you know, what, what that meant, you know, mm -hmm. but then I would always look for my parents, you know, as the guides to be able to nurture me. But because I didn't understand that they weren't emotionally nurturing themselves, we again were taking on what it meant to like what coping looked like. My my father would cope generally with going out and partying with his friends, which dope have time for that. Um, but it was continuous and you know, just drinking and, and my mom would just sleep because she was depressed all day. And so literally I was just playing with myself all the time, even though I had two older sisters with a bigger gap between me. I didn't trust women. I didn't trust men because of my father. Um, it was hard for me to mm -hmm. feel like I belonged here. And art was my only safe place. And I never wanted to show my parents because I never wanted their judgment. And when I did show my parents while I was in that art school, they'd be like, oh, you get that from me. You know, that's what, mm -hmm. what, that's what comes from me. And in a way, yes, we're all connected, as I stated, through creation. But my signature is mine. My soul is not yours. Our children are not ours. Mm -hmm. These are beings. And, and I, my, my son puts it the best. I call my, my baby nephew. He's about one and a half now. And I call him my baby. And we're so cute. And my son has taken that on. He's, he sees and feels the love that I emanate. And he literally mirrors how I treat him. And they're so, so sweet together. And he is just so intrinsically understanding of, I kind of forgot where I was going with this, to be honest, but he was so intrinsically understanding with this baby and they seriously know how to like, kind of like disassociate from like, he's just so present. He's mm -hmm. so present and he's not focused on what he needs to be doing with this. He's just in the moment. And my, ba my baby cousin or my baby nephew is in the moment with him. And to watch them play is literally healing because their childlike energy is so vibrant. And I feel like they, they being like, I'll quote unquote, put in like into darkness, like the toxic darkness, um, they understand that, you mm -hmm. know? And my, that's why I remember I'm calling full circle. My son was like, oh, I was explaining him kind of like everyone has an inner child, right? And he was like, oh, so essentially you're just my big baby. And I was like, yes, I am your big baby. You know, I'm your big baby. I still have an inner child that I'm nurturing, but I'm also your mother because 
I was meant to guide, be a part of your guidance along this trip. And I still have experiences that are no better than yours, but I do have gained experience that can assist you as you go into this life. And we, we, I don't know about you, you know, I can't speak for everyone, but we were not essentially all given unconditionally loving relationships or role models when we were younger. And it was meant to be that way. There's so many not broken people, but beings that are not in their full empowerment suppressed mm -hmm. because of all of these different weaponized, weaponized energies coming, whether it be through processed foods, um, you know, certain medical viruses, you know, that are out and propaganda that's being made around it, no matter your intelligence on virology and immunology and um, just this massive darkness that really just truly wants love as well. You know, at the, at the mm -hmm. end of it all, it's just where love was not, where love, where unconditional love was not. And enough of that is enough to completely take this society and this collective conscious into a remarkable place of a resurgence and or a place of condemnation because of that hurt and it matters what we do and that kind of comes back to intentional creating so instead of just saying and rebelling you know instead of just going with the flow and being robotics that's how they're training kids to be um obedient instead of being obedient all the time asking questions we weren't taught that it's up to us it's mm -hmm. up to us to create it is up to us to heal it is our power it's our birthright and it's our divine opportunity to raise the children no matter whether they're yours or not and yours being subjective as they came out of your yoni or were birthed and put into your life directly through another any child any child that i see is is essentially a it's me you know it's still me and it's our job and that's why when i start with this this art therapy journey i do definitely want to work with children um, because this is this is what my son is going to come into and they are going to be heightened with all of the sacred knowledge that our parents their parents 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 were deprived of while wars were going on for thousands of years wars 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 that's all that's in our history wars and i'm done with it mm -hmm. i'm done with it and i the classroom mentality of this is what we have to create to create an american standard this is what american standard is this is good this is what's good this is what's not good this is right this is wrong again black and white this for that what about the in-between mm -hmm. what what's happening in between there what's happening with just being and and again we just weren't we weren't taught that that was okay unless you had someone in your life and your divine path and your human experience that was brought to you and and was able to to show you that or you had your own experience that brought you to that and and just as you said it, it can be you can just take things like that people say like when you're younger and just like all right I guess that wasn't for me you know and at that time it, it was all meant to be because here we are recognizing all of it having all of these experiences to see the full spectrum of all of it at this point um at the same time though there's there's so many possibilities that can come from nurturing and, and recognizing and appreciating and having that loving intention versus 
coming from a place of programming and hurt and pain and suffering. But because we were never taught what that looks like in emotional intelligence in any public school that I'm aware of, just don't be a bully and be nice and be fake with your feelings. And we don't want to um, talk to you about it. Yeah. Suck it up. Um, no one could have known. I don't blame the girls that were bullying me. Um, and like, you don't blame the narcissistic um, dance coach that felt like she had so much power over 13 year old girls. And that rocked her world for a second. You know, as she was living through a life of apparent depression, mm -hmm. you know, like mm -hmm. it's, no one was taught. And so creating intentionally is again with art, but really within the art of humanity. The art of humanity is the biggest masterpiece that will continue to keep being worked on and never ever completed ever. It's substantially profound, the most profound art piece of history because it's always being changed. It's always beautiful. It's never the same as it was in any concept of time. So Mm, yes, yes that's the one that means the most that's the one that means the most to me as far as that's concerned in that interpretation yes thank you so much so much for sharing that is all so beautiful and yeah the the childhood wound is it's interesting to see the the reflection of of our actual how children are so receptive to us you know they come into this world just in in that childlike curiosity and awe of the world around them and so eager to learn and and um we start we begin at you know a very young age of the the chill the children just with their imagination and just in constant awe of seeing everything for the very first time and you know they see a tree and they're like, oh, wow, like there's in such awe of like the beauty of the world or natural world. And then we give them a label. We're like, oh, well, that's a tree. And they're like, oh, well, what's this? Well, that's a flower. And what's this? That's a bug. That's a dog. That's this. And so we give these things, these label. And over time, they lose their magic. They lose that curiosity because they already have identified what that is. And the longer that we put ourselves in, in these boxes that we just watch, you know, our, I watch my parents and it seems in your experience, it's pretty similar, but watch, you know, our mothers especially live a life that was never really for their own because they took on this, these labels of like what they should be and how they should go to school and how they should get married and have kids and be a mother. And now you're a mother and what, then what happens? And we call it midlife crisis when they go through that awakening of, wow, what do I do with my life when all of my children are gone and you know what they have left the nest. And it's such an interesting concept to watch it all unfold and be the generation that really with the suppression of when we were children and with all of the trauma of all of the things that we experience, we are in a sense like this Phoenix rising from being able to see our parents and their mistakes and see, take all of that with us and really rise up to this occasion of, you know, just rebirthing and reclaiming all of this ancestral wisdom that thousands and thousands of years ago they they were doing and somewhere along the way it just got lost in all of the mesh and turned into this masculine world that we're living in of go 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 and being like this certain type of way and um yeah it's super interesting to to watch our youth and how receptive they are and then you see them grow up and in the first 10 years of a child's life everything that they learn everything that they know is learned 
And essentially, especially when they're going to school, everything is programmed. So by the age of 10, everything that they know within their emotional, mental, physical, even like with their mannerisms and whatnot is most of the time for the general, it's learned. It's just what we're repeating. And so in my personal experience in my journey, I find myself you know, at the age of 18, I'm starting to like question these things that I'm doing. I'm starting to question, um, you know, as I go into my twenties, like, wow, are these thoughts even mine? Or is this like something that I picked up? Like you find yourself maybe saying the things that your parents said, or maybe dealing with situations the way that they did, or you just watch how you're actually just repeating these cycles because it's what's easy it's what's quickest because that's how we're conditioned is just to be quick and to be spitfire and to have all the answers and to know it all versus being quiet and listening and sitting with and maybe taking time and resting and noticing <laughs> like this whole feminine essence that's just like completely ignored Yes, love. Mm, yes, yes, yes. To the deepest cellular level on that one. Absolutely. And uh, yes, as you said, with the feminine essence, that's what I feel like is being called in because mm -hmm. for the longest, the longest time, it was a men's world. And, and it still is men trying to keep it as a men's world in disguise mm -hmm. because even women that are being recognized are also working with men that want to utilize women for specific reasons and to create some ideal that, hey, look at us. Mm -hmm. We are celebrating women, but how many women are actually CEOs? How many women are actually being sponsored and backed up? Like, and you can go like all, all day, and, and especially when you start getting down into cultures like Black women, Indigenous women, Asian women, Palestinian women, you can go all day, um, every day about all these different ways that the walk, the talk is not organically being manifested. Mm -hmm. And you can say the same with LGBT, LGBTQIA group and community because last month was June. And I myself am very, I just, I want to connect with everyone because I see everyone as my, as my equal. Everyone as my brother, sister, whatever you identify as. I don't hold any labels. Call me whatever you want. I don't care. I respect what you want to be though because this is the life you're creating and with what you said about essentially like our parents and what we're picking up from them like I completely get that and I'm sure you may have heard and I know a lot of people have heard since it's a shared experience that we hear our parents say you know this is what my mom or dad did when I was young and this is the way it was for us and you know this is how we did things and like they're mm -hmm. so like they have to have some kind of control because then it means that they were quote unquote wrong for doing what they're doing. And the ego does not want to be wrong. And for their whole life, they've been told what they need to do and our lives. I think we're finally done with it. Like it, it comes to a point where our DNA just can't take it anymore. It's like if you take in all the numbers of the universe, like with the biggest number of the world, you would end up putting yourself into a black hole. I feel like in a certain metaphorical and not as, um, deeply, um, <laughs> like like space quantum visit crazy black hole type of way that's what our, what our collective is at at this point and saying hey you're right are these my thoughts like wait a second when did I start caring about this or why do I like this again like how is this impacting more than just me because and then it goes again like look out for only yourself they're really doing anything they can to keep people away from wanting to connect to each other 
But then at the same time, chasing this idea of love and these dating apps and like all of this stuff is really important because what it is all doing is damaging the ego and it's, it's fueling fire to the ego where there's trauma present. It's like the Epstein-Barr virus, all the viruses that are present in this world, there's going to be them. And knowing what foods you can use to heal and what mental foods Mm -hmm. um, per se that you can use to heal and what modalities are so essential and none of our parents or anyone, as far as I'm concerned, can again speak for everyone, um, was ever taught because that would essentially not put us in capitalist America. So we're literally recreating all of these things and questioning ourselves and when I'm doing this while I'm doing this even the holistic psychologist Nicole LaParis says this it's like when you're healing you will trigger other people mm. you will trigger other people and you're meant to trigger other people because we are direct reflections of each other and if you are even unintentionally hurting someone because that's what you know that's what your survivalist ego knows how to protect yourself is to lash back. It's lashing right back at you. And that's what they didn't tell you. That's what they didn't tell you when it says when a bully comes, you fight them or you walk away. But either one takes courage because mm -hmm. unconsciously you're absorbing what someone else told you that you should do. And it takes courage to choose what it is that you feel right to do. And that may not be the most resonant like example because it's just violence. It's not something I ever want to, um, you know, like support in, in that way or any way at all. But really that's, I grew up with a lot of that. Like my sister, my oldest sister, I saw her get dragged through rehab because of how mentally damaged and hurt my mom was. And she just gave up on my sister over and over and over again. And my sister ended up taking Adderall for her for years and you know my mom and dad because of the, how they were and how their parents were would make comments about our bodies all the time calling you know me fat calling my sister's fat like so my sister got on Adderall and she you know quote unquote got addicted and it mentally put her into a place where she was so disassociated from her body and schizophrenic and I've, wow. I've lived through it I've literally cried at the spectrum of my watching my sister's inner childhood essence be smashed buried and lit and tortured on fire not only by my parents but with society because of what happened after that mm -hmm. so I mean and then my mom and dad you know typically because our parents are our first role models or whoever our guardians are our first role models when we come into this world are our guardians are our guides that we were chosen in this karmic contract to to be here and i watched their dysfunctional relationship and that's what i gained is knowledge mm -hmm. as to what a loving relationship looks like and that stems into the what approval may look like like thinking that we need need for approval because we get into that really quick because that's where our parents, like, again, the contraction, the resistance, the seeking the need for approval in this go-go-go world and this way of this is what it is to be good enough. And I would seek, like, a, you know, approval even when I knew my art was my own to have my parents say that was really good. And then they didn't. I would just go discouraged because they're like, oh, why are you doing this? Or, like, why are you wearing that? Like, you know, you're too fat to be wearing that. Or that doesn't really look realistic. Or that's... I don't really like that. Like, you know, instead of just appreciating me for me, 
it was them looking at me as themselves and not being able to inner parent and not being able to be there um, truly to see me as not them, their damaged selves, but as the child in front of them. So I feel that a lot of us, I've talked to a lot of sisters in particular um, at this point, I'd love to talk to more brothers and other beings in the future, but I've talked to a lot of sisters that have collectively shared this experience, especially with the mother, um, because women have been attacked for, for centuries because of our, our deep inner knowledge and our power, the mm-hmm. power that we have, especially when we come together. You think women literally get jealous over each other and sexualize our bodies. And like, it's not just women, you know, we learn it from the men, mm-hmm. you know, like from the, the, the toxic masculine not even just talking about now because I do love men and I know that there's so much deep wounding in there, but it comes from centuries and centuries and centuries of not being able to create intentionally because the intention was not to create freely in this free will universe. The intent was to create obedience for whatever ignorant agenda, you know, excuse me for feeling cited there, but I'm very, very passionate about humanity and the crimes against it are just are enough to literally just create a huge SOS bonfire on the on on the size of a whole island so um I just to see all of this unfolding as you've said and it's so interesting to observe just how wounded um the generations before us are and noticing those changes now and being where we're at I'm finally now noticing because I'm actually in a situation where I'm around my mom and dad a lot and my healing and me having the courage to go deep and to not neglect myself and to ask questions with myself and be grateful that I have an online community of like-minded people where we are brought together. That's the only thing I'm grateful for social media is bringing connections together. I don't even care about the fame or getting my art out there because I know whoever's meant to come around will be there. But to make the connections with with people is the most priceless gift in the world because if we were by ourselves creating intentionally, dope. But to have others and consciousnesses, their own signatures, their own personalities still be connected to you but completely different than you in their own way is a treat because it adds that vivacity to life. It adds that just diversity that 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 nothing like even all around us no individual leap is the same no individual blade of grass like you said with the childhood wonderment none of this is all the same no matter what our 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 3d vision wants us to to see or our mind wants us to create a story around our there's so much light that our eyes don't see that other creatures on this planet do so in effect we are all working together to consciously keep creating life. And at this point, I feel the darkness wants to, to stunt the creation of life. And no matter where anyone is at, as far as like the, the way of the world right now, where we're at today, I feel like the top of ground depopulation can be very triggering for many. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do feel that that plays a big part because unfortunately mother nature is getting to the point where it's like, wow, okay. I, I want to hold all of you beings here. There's, there's not much more a mother can do until we put her first. You know, like mm-hmm. this is literally nothing to me matters more than protecting our home because 
we literally can't move forward if we don't have a planet to live on, you know, outside of our cosmic, wherever we, you know, if you believe you rebirth and reincarnate and regenerate back into the atmosphere, no matter is wasted, no energy is wasted. Every soul goes back to their, to their space that was provided to them in the cosmos or beyond, you know, I'm, I'm good with that, but to be here in this human experience and not feel with nature, to not feel connected with nature and in, in a way that is so sacred and so healing, like just to go outside and be in the sun, which is essential for our survival, our essential for our, our ability to thrive, vitamin D. I don't understand that. I don't. I mean, I do to a degree because I understand why behind it. But I don't understand how so many of our brothers and sisters, even with this programming, can say, hey, I'm finally glad I got to get out in nature. It was the break that I needed. So I can take two days and then I go back to grinding for months. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. that's the way the society is. It's not that is that is taking away like from the, the point that like, yeah, like. I guess the whole something's better than nothing type thing, but not really because you deserve so much more than that. And people don't feel, I've literally heard people say they don't feel that they deserve more than that because they cannot financially afford more than that. Or they feel like they can't be in a resting state, as you had mentioned, to just be and be in between and rest. So you can organically feel refueled, like living our whole lives, not intentionally creating and just being obedient and like working in an insurance company in a call center like I did for six years made me miserable, miserable. And some people are about it and that may be like something in their human experience, of course, that is going to bring them to their, to the, the version of themselves that is able to produce as much as, as they're meant to in this time. So that's cool obviously the world needs to still turn around with as far as what's going on in society. So not hating on what you got to do to do what you got to do and make money and live out here. By the same token, when is the turning point to where we're like, okay, we can literally create a village, regenerative agriculture, put some thought into teaching mindfulness, exercise, eating more raw fruits and vegetables because it's what mama Pacha mama created to have on this planet for us she birthed all of this fruit okay and our and our father our fathers as well okay it's not just about the feminine of course but that's the thing there's so much deep deep ancestral wounding and and generational karma that, that must be a taken accounted for even if not by the generations before us but for us to come to that realization and be like, this is what the ones that suffered were regenerated into this world for. Like, I feel like I'm literally attached. Every time I do a spiritual meditative journey, I feel some of the ancestors coming back with me, some of their spirit, some of their energy, their tenacity, their vivaciousness for life, their ability to not just fight for liberation and freedom, but essentially not even fighting to just be and, and just creating that conscious community where it takes a village you know to just be and that's that's it like you don't have to have anything more than that anything more than your people your 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 fresh fruit or vegetables from around your local area clean water and a house to live under 
like and people really it's so funny and interesting to see are craving that more than ever like taking videos on Instagram of just being out in nature like I went to the Great Falls yesterday and it was the most at peace I felt in a while because being around a city just makes me feel like go 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 and I see people just like go 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 and not making eye contact and just not connecting but when you get out in nature it's the gift it's the gift to the earthing the gift of feeling the kiss of mother nature's breath the air moving and the sun dancing the light rays dancing through the trees like all of these things are visual ecstasy without the need to take any drugs and and when you touch it you take in that energy and literally the creation that you're touching is creating healing within you as you touch it and we underestimate the power of that because of how we were taught and how everything has to be scientific everything has to have logic everything is put into a box and defined categorized labeled marked barcoded whatever you want to do and i don't feel i feel like restrictions like that there may be certain rather words restrictions is restricting within itself but the restrictions that have been given upon cultures, races, genders, anyone, to society, and the way that we do things has literally debilitated our ability to be the full human essence that we are fully capable of being that provides like the most thriving level of existence that we could be possible of. Because together, we could literally create healing on this planet and thrive in peace if our intention was to create and, and have that love within ourselves, to create intentionally connections with others, to just be aware of that. We don't have to choose to be greedy. We don't have to choose to do something a specific way and that's the only way to do it. Like we, <laughs> we're, we're diverse and we're unified. And I feel that until we truly understand that concept, we're not going to be able to reach the level of healing that we're capable of because we're stunted by how we're so different or how we're not different at all, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and truly we really do have our own signature. Our DNA is unlike any others. And even though you could give someone a blood transfusion, someone can use your kidney because we are all human underneath this all our soul has its own presence. Our soul has its own energy and our, our soul has its own purpose. And to understand just that when you're at the, the pit of depression or even when you're not is so liberating because life is way more than what my inner child got suppressed to believe that it was. I thought I was going to grow up I had to go to college, even though my parents couldn't afford it. I was going to have to figure out how to get a master's degree at something to be quote unquote, like as qualified as an expert. I think you mentioned that earlier. And I'm definitely don't see myself ever following the structure of the society because if it worked, we would be in a way better disposition physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually than where we are today. And honey, we've had thousands of years to try it a different way. And the way that it's been led through men, dominantly, um, white men, and everything that comes along with that has not led us to a place where we are in that harmonious balance yet. All of that harmony is being 
safely kept within our bodies. And when we work together and overcome this, this dogma that we're in and heal it at the root, even those that are trying to keep us from doing so, we're teaching others by leading and creating intentionally with ourselves. And that's where it starts. Yes, yes. And, and like you said, like, when we go back to saying, like, everybody is a reflection, and, you know, seeing the current state of our world, like it is heart heavy. And when you sit with that, like realization of, you know, this is a reflection of what's in me and everything that is out there, I have to be able to not have to, but we have the opportunity to, to heal this because we can only all heal as much as we individually heal this soul in, in this body. And so for me, you know, feeling the heaviness of the current state of the world, because it's fucking heavy, like, let's not sugarcoat it. Like the shit that's going on, like there's a cosmic war happening all around us. Yep. Sometimes absolutely. it feels so hard to like get grounded and to take a deep breath and feel like you're not alone. But when we remember that our ancestors are still here. They're still here in in mother nature. When we go back to mother nature and we feel like we don't have to look at our phone and it feels like we can take a deep breath, we finally feel that peace. It feels like for a moment of that weekend, you feel like life is so much more than, and so much bigger than you are. That's that essence of them still, that inner remembering. And we have reincarnated here. Our soul signed up to, to do this work, to heal this to heal this, this hurt and this pain and this suffering and all of it, to transmute it through the practices that we were able to touch on today, but so much more with plant medicine. I mean, the earth is medicine. Our bodies are medicine. Why else would we be given this ability to move and dance and sing like vocal activation and art therapy and intuitive creating just everything that we talked about today is just this deep remembrance of returning to the self to do, to do the work and to do the healing because, you know, we can only move collectively as fast as we individually can, can heal and like yes. you said, through our own healing, it will be triggering, but that trigger will catapult hopefully in some way or another to that person's own individual healing. And us living in our authentic, genuine truth will inspire or trigger to eventually that person to live in their authentic truth. And we can yes. that in such a small scale on Instagram with the power of that tool when used very intentionally and mindfully, it is beautiful to be able to have that reflection to for someone to see what is already within them you know like you think that my art's beautiful well that's because you have the power to create beautiful art and it goes along with everything everything else and yes yes. and it's just so beautiful to to have these reflections and to share this conversation with you Gina thank you so so much for taking the time and the space to be here it was such an honor to hold space for you and your truth and your journey and just everything I am just buzzing right now yes so so reciprocal and and ditto in every way shape and form and timeline and if anyone needs any type of or seeks or is feeling called to discuss art therapy or art healing deeper I'm always available you can find me at Instagram of course and I I always love connecting with any and everyone and I'm going to be starting some art healing classes art healing classroom with Gina soon so 
I, again, am so appreciative of you. So in full honor of your truth and authenticity in receiving me today. And just thank you. Thank you for being you, Bella. That's a wrap for today's episode. Wow, I am just buzzing and so ecstatic from this conversation. I hope that all of you enjoyed this as much as we did. And don't forget to head to the description part of this podcast to check out all of Gina's amazing offerings. And feel free to leave a review if you enjoyed these episodes. It really helps me continue to share the magic that we are creating here. So thank you again. Love you all.